Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Okay. Hi, everybody. Mesh Compulsive Overeater. Um, super grateful to be here today and to share my experience, strength, and hope with you. Um, I don't know. Lately, and this is a good thing, I've been like so incredibly grateful for being abstinent, you know, for my recovery here in this program. I, I just can't even imagine. <laughs> I don't want to even imagine. It's my, my worst nightmare. Um, you know, although it's our best nightmare, probably not. But anyway, um, it would, it just, I just, so anyway, um, I'll share what it used to be like, what happened and what it's like now. Um, I was born a compulsive overeater. I think I just came out (laughs) ready to eat. (laughs) And um, one of my, one of my favorite stories about, you know, with my journey through this disease is my mom told me that, you know, she could never feed me fast enough. I mean, I'd have time to swallow the spoon of food that she put in my mouth, take it, swallow it and start crying again before she could get the next one up to my mouth. You know, that's, you know, I was a, I was a hardcore eater from, from day one, practically. So anyway, um, you know, like a lot of us grew up in a very dysfunctional, you know, home, uh, no surprise and um, food very early on, like I said, um, at least in my conscious memory, food was my best friend. You know, I, I took a lot of comfort in it. I used it for reward. I used it for punishment. Um, it was a drug, you know, it it really was a drug from, from my earliest memory, which, you know, I wish this program was just about food. Oh, and newcomers, you know, what I say is just my story. Take what you like, leave the rest. Um, but I had this disease, you know, and it's a disease of selfishness, self-centeredness, lack of, of any kind of spiritual, um, not religious, but any kind of like connection with the universe. I mean, that's really what this disease was. And I used food to fill myself up, to stuff myself, to numb my feelings. You know, um, I have a disease and food was the symptom of that disease, you know, Um, it's not the cause, it's the symptom. And that means that the 12 steps are really important because that's how I get better. Um, I've been abstinent since April, 1981. Yes. Yeah. So whatever, how many years that is of a lot of one days at a time. Um, (laughs) I I lost track, but anyway, um, that if it were just about the food, then I wouldn't need to come here today. You know, I'd be out doing something else right now. Um, but I need this program and the program is what keeps me well because I'm sick. I'm a sick person and this disease almost killed me. So, you know, blah, 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 girl, all throwing up, all throwing up. Yes, I threw up all growing up. I did a lot of throwing up, um, and compulsive exercise and doing crazy shit with food. And, uh, my top weight was around hundred and I think I, the most I weighed myself was 180. And so my, my answer to that was, well, I just won't weigh myself anymore. <laughs> so I don't really know what my top weight was. 
maybe I hit 200. I, I don't know. I'm about five, three and a half, give or take a quarter inch here or there. Um, so yeah, food controlled my life. You know, I, if I had the compulsion to get up in the middle of the night and go down to my favorite 7-Eleven and get a binge food there, I couldn't not do it. You know, I had to go, uh, even though I had an unreliable car and the 7-Eleven was in a bad neighborhood, you know, I was like, who cares? I, my, my food is there. I got to go get it. So food really controlled my life. And there was really, there was nothing I could do. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop myself. No amount of humiliation was too great. No amount of embarrassment was too much. Um, if there was food, if there was some food to be had, I didn't care. I was willing to go to any lengths, basically, for food. And I did. I went to a lot of crazy lengths, ruined a lot of relationships with people, stole, cheated, lied, you know, everything, <laughs> just like a drug addict, you know. Um, so I got to OA when I was 17 and I was ready to die at 17 over this disease. I just, I, there was just no hope for me. I, I really didn't think that there was really anything that could help me because I had tried the gamut of the weight loss programs, the diet clubs, um, you know, you name it, I tried it. And none of it worked, of course, because my problem is not my weight, you know. Well, actually, I do have a weight problem. I, I can't wait for anything. You know, that's my weight problem. Very impatient. So um, anyway, I got to OA when I was 17. And after trying all these other things that weren't working, I was like, oh, thank God I found my people, you know, because this whole time, like nobody ate like I ate. Nobody did the things around food like I did, you know, at least nobody I knew. So to finally get here and be like, oh my God, there are people like me. I'm not like the freak of the universe, you know, like I thought I was, you know, there are other people who did these same things with food and had this same problem that I had and could help me. So super grateful I came in when I did. I don't know. I really don't know <laughs> what would have happened to me otherwise if I hadn't come in when I did. I didn't get abstinent right away though took me about four years. So for anybody who's struggling out there, just keep coming back. The only thing I did right was I kept coming back during that four years. You know, I got sponsors. I tried working the steps. I'm, I'm really a hopeless, low bottom gutter eater. And if this program can work for me, it can work for anybody. You know, I mean, I was driven and I, I couldn't stop. So I got here when I was 17. I, um, you know, I went to meetings, I got involved in the fellowship, I did service, and eventually I did a, an amazing thing, which is I finally took step one. And step one, for those of you who don't know, is that we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. I always thought that if I admitted that I had a problem, I would be like just <laughs> doomed to, you know, practicing that problem or or for, for the rest of my life, that it would never go away. It never occurred to me that by, and this is what happened, by admitting, you know, that I am a compulsive overeater, I have this disease, I will never be, there is no cure for me. There is no cure. There's only recovery. And that's what I get in this program. So, um, so by admitting that I'm powerless over food, the amazing thing happened, which is that, the compulsion with food was lifted. 
go figure, you know, really go figure. Like this, this, this food monkey on my back was adhered with like crazy glue. You know, I guess <laughs> there's probably better uh, adhesives than that, but um, you know, I just, this food monkey was on my back and I admitted I was powerless over food and the food monkey was just poof, was just gone. And I just couldn't believe it. You know, my whole life I've been driven by food. And I was at that age around 20 and, um, and the compulsion was lifted. And all of a sudden, like my food was easy. And um, I lasted about, I had like a pink cloud absence for like six months. And then I was like, oh, I got to work these steps because all the reasons I was eating are still here, you know? <laughs> and that's what I need to work on is all the reasons that I'm, I'm, you know, that I was eating, not the food, you know? So anyway, um, I, uh, yeah, so started working the steps. And, um, you know, it really is miraculous what these steps have done in my life. You know, my higher power was food you know, and that higher power got replaced with a loving higher power that helps me and guides me through my inner intuition and through the experience, strength, and hope from, of all the other people who come to these rooms and share their recovery. Um, and uh, yeah, so it gave me a higher power. It gave me an ability you know, to function in the world, you know, um, I really was a completely unreliable person. If I said I'd be there at five, <laughs> good luck, you know, if I'd actually show up or not. Um, I had a lot of fear. Um, and a lot of times the fear would be like, you know, I'd be like, yeah, I'll be there at five. And then it'd be like two o'clock and be like, oh, well, this disaster is going to happen. Or what if that happens? Or, oh my God, this is terrible. I can't do this. And at 4.59, if I even called you, I might. And say, oh, sorry, I can't make it. Or I wouldn't call you at all. I'd just not, not show up, you know. And then, of course, there was a binge in there because I felt so horrible about myself. So then I just, well, I might as well eat. And so I did. And um, so this work in these steps and having a higher power and looking at my part in things, taking my own inventory um, has all led me to a life beyond my wildest dreams. Now that doesn't mean I always get a parking spot when I need one or that, you know, I got magic, you know, fairy dust sprinkled all over me because that's not it at all. What it means for me is that this, this program and these steps have allowed me to go through life, dealing with life on life's terms without having to use food. And, you know, I've had a, I've had a pretty lucky life. I mean, you know, shit happens. <laughs> I, you know, my, both my parents have died. I had a nephew, young nephew who died. Um, you know, I got divorced. Um, that was a good thing. <laughs> but, um, you know, a lot of bad things have happened. And, you know, as life has its way, you know, it, it's not always going to be, you know, a piece of cake. But, you know, what I am so grateful for is that I don't have to go through anything alone again. I was such a loner. Like, I wouldn't let anybody in. I wouldn't be vulnerable. I wouldn't like, I had to do it all by myself because people just hurt me anyway. So, um, you know, I don't have to do anything alone. I, I, I can't do anything alone. <laughs> I need you guys, you know, um, it's hard to admit that I want to be like, 
oh yeah, I can, I, I got this, you know, oh yeah, no problem. Just leave me alone. I'll fix it. I'll do it. You know, I don't need you. But the truth is that I need, I need people. I need, I need help. I, I can't do this by myself. So I'm super grateful um, that we have this fellowship of, of people here who show up and we help each other work in the steps. And, you know, the steps is where the recovery is. I mean, at least that has been for me, you know, that working all 12 over and over and over again. I've worked these steps over and over again. It's not like I get to 12, I'm like, ah, look, mom, no hands, you know, like, no, I, I, you know, I have to keep working the steps over and over again. And, you know, more, more will be revealed and more is, and a new defect will pop up, a new situation that will force me to have to, you know, deal with it, not, not in the way I want to, the way I always dealt with stuff was, well, I just go eat and hopefully it'll go away. Well, guess what? No, it never did. It actually always got worse, you know? So I have to deal with situations that are, you know, unpleasant, uncomfortable, um, hard. I don't know. A lot of times I just don't know what to do. Like I didn't have a lot of good role models in my life. So like how to have like a open and honest uh, uh, discussion with somebody, especially in a, in a relationship, like what? Like, I can't do that. You just yell and scream and slam doors. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Like, no, that's not really how to have a healthy relationship with somebody. So, um, or with, you know, with friends, with family members, I've had to, you know, set up boundaries with people. I didn't know how to do that. And those boundaries are for me. You know, I didn't realize that when I set boundaries for people, it's not like, okay, you have to behave in these certain ways. <laughs> like I can't control that. So my boundaries for me are, okay, well, if I feel uncomfortable in this situation or somebody's treating me poorly, you know, I, I have to leave, you know, I, I'm not going to show up for abuse. I'm not going to, you know, so this program has allowed me to like figure out like, what's healthy for me and what's right, what's right for me and how should I treat people and how should people treat me? And the boundaries I have to set are, okay, well, this, like, especially with family members, you can't really like kick, you know, divorce your family members, at least I haven't felt the need to, but I also know that there's certain times and occasions where it's just not good to be around my family. And thank God this year, Thanksgiving was one of them. I mean, they're really great people. I love them. But sometimes it's really hard to be around them, especially on these kind of eating and drinking kind of holidays. So luckily, people were kind of out of town. And so I had the best Thanksgiving ever. I went to a yoga class. I rode my bike. I had my meals at home, my regular food. Went to a great meeting, the Thankathon. I mean, what a great day that was. You know, easy. It was an easy Thanksgiving this year. It hasn't always been an easy Thanksgiving, but I'm really glad I had an easy Thanksgiving this year. And then the rest of the holidays coming, I don't really care about so much. Thanksgiving is kind of like the, the biggie for me. So uh, I know my time's almost up. Um, I wanted to read, this is one of my favorite books right now. It's called As Bill Sees It. It's an AA book. Um, and it's, uh, there's an index in the front. And then there's pages from the, the Bill Wilson, the founder of AA. I'm a, I'm a big AA literature person. I love the AA literature. And when I came in in 1977, you know, that's all we had. We didn't have, we had some pamphlets, you know, some OA pamphlets, but all the literature we read was the AA literature. And, um, you know, the AA literature, and this is just me, but it really does speak to me because it's, you know, it's hard, it's hardcore. You know, there's no like, 
you know, pussyfooting around, you know, it's like, you eat, you're going to die. It's like, yep, that's me. You know what? I, I eat, I'm going to die or compulsively overeat. I have to eat, of course, but, um, you know, I use food, it'll kill me. Um, so anyway, this is page uh, 33 in As Bill Sees It. Um, and uh, it, the title of the page is Foundation for Life. And I think this really says it all right there, right? This is my foundation for life. And uh, it's three different excerpts from different pages in the uh, AA 12 and 12. It says, we discover that we receive guidance for our lives to just about the extent that we stop making demands upon God to give it to us on order and on our terms. And then the next section says, in praying, we simply ask throughout the day, God places in the best understanding of his will that we can have for that day and that we, but given the grace by which we may carry it out. And then this last one's really the kicker. There's a direct linkage among self-examination, meditation, and prayer. Taken separately, these practices can bring much benefit and relief. But when they are logically and in related and interwoven, the result is an unfit, unshakable foundation for life. And that that I found to be very true. So I'll just go over each of these things again. So I always thought in the first paragraph where it talked about demanding God that we give it to us on order and, and on our terms. So I was like, okay, well, if there was a God, then I would get all these things, right? I'd be able to eat anything I wanted and not gain weight. That would be evidence to me that there's God. This is when I was eating, of course. Um, and so, of course, when that didn't happen, I was like, well, of course, there's no God, because if there was, I could eat whatever I want and not gain weight. Um, and there's a lot of other things that I was like, okay, God, here's my, here's my, like Santa Claus, you know, here's what I want, God, you give it to me or you're not there. Well, obviously, the things that I wanted or a lot of things I wanted were really bad for me. <laughs> like a lot of things I look back on, I'm like, oh, thank God I didn't get that thing or that situation or whatever. So, um, but anyway, now I just ask for God's will. I try to, I try, it's such a work in progress to, to set aside sort of what I want and see what's the best thing for me and maybe the other people involved, you know, because there's usually other people involved some way or the other, right? Work or whatever. So, um, so I've been working on that. And then um, during the day, you know, I'm like, driving around looking, praying for that parking spot, right? <laughs> but you know what? It's like, well, what's the best understanding of God's will for me that day? Well, if I'm worried about a parking spot, maybe I should walk instead and not drive my car or whatever. But like, I want to, I want to, like, what is your will? What is not, not what's my will? My will is that I'm going to get the spot right in front, exactly when I want it. But that's not always how it goes, right? So what is God's will for me today? And then self-examination, meditation, and prayer, the direct linkage, you know, this is the foundation for life. And I found this to be true for me, that I always have to look at my part, sweep off my side of the street, look at where I'm at fault, look what I need to change, right? And then through meditation and prayer, I ask for my higher powers help a lot of the time, you know, okay, God, here's a situation I'm pushing, shoving, and grabbing again, you know, because that's what I do. Um, so, and that's, that's just blowing up, you know, so what, where can I set aside what I think or what I want and instead ask for, um, your will 
in the situation and have that be what what happens not my will so anyway that's enough out of me thank you so much everybody for um for showing up you know i i can't do this alone and uh really glad i don't have to keep coming back thanks